everyone, it's Brittany and you're listening to Citrus Room. I hope each and every one of you are having a great week. I just got back from LA and I had the best time ever. It was extremely hot. It was like 92 degrees and now that I'm back in Seattle it's like 52 degrees and raining and it's quite the transition. But I had a great time in LA. I went with my girlfriends um, Shauna, Bianca, and Brittany and we went there to support Bianca's art shows. She had two back-to-back art shows, and she is phenomenal. She is my Peruvian hermana, and she's just inspirational. Um, It was really great to go to these art shows and see her showcase a live painting, and then just watching people go up to her and be so inspired by her artwork. It was just a fun weekend. I also got to meet so many incredible people, um, people that I've talked to through social media and finally met them in real life. Shout out to Julianne, who is the founder of Girls on Food Blog, which is a food blog that I write for, girlsonfoodblog.net. And um, I've written for them for almost almost two years and so it was really cool to meet her in person and we went out to lunch and um, we got to chat and just talk about the future of the blog and just eat some extremely good food. We had like a bourbon caramel um, donut with pecans. It was it was out of this world but shout out to Julianne. Yeah, it was a really good experience, and I can't wait to go back in January for my birthday with my girlfriends, so that will be a lot of fun. Um, Once again, thank you to everyone who subscribed. I didn't even realize I had so many subscribers. I'm close to 1,000. For this whole time, I thought I was just stuck at 200. Shout out to Nick from Cold Cans Podcast. He showed me how to use analytics (laughs) on Squarespace. So I'm really, really thankful for each and every one of you. And I'm so excited to see what the future has in store for Citrus Room. Jumping in, I have an incredible guest, someone that I get to see Monday through Friday, sometimes Saturday. Um, She is a spectacular human being, a wonderful daughter and sister. She's an incredible musician. She is multi-talented, smart, hilarious, and she doesn't even know it. I have on the show Sadie Ava. Hello. I'm so happy. World. Thanks for having me. Here I am. Here you are. I'm so grateful to have you here. So Sadie is a musician. Mm-hmm. You're a butcher. You're a formally formal butcher. Yes. Chef. Sometimes. Manager of a of a cafe. <laughs> I guess you could call it that. I like to refer to it as a taco shop. A taco shop. Yeah. But you serve much more than tacos. Yeah, but I feel like the tacos are the best offering. It's true. So. Yeah. I want to focus on what we do well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're a solo artist as Sadie Ava, and then mm-hmm. you're also part of the group Sundries. Yes, I am. So. Um, just jumping right into the music scene first. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Sundries. What is Sundries? What does it mean to you? How did you get the name? Well, I mean, Sundries as a concept is me and my three best friends. 
We met at a at Eltana Bagels like five or six years ago. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and I was cooking in the kitchen with Ben, who is the bass player, and then Travis and Leo worked up front as the they worked in coffee. And we all met there and then started jamming and just became best friends and musical partners. And we've been all over the place. But what the name means, I mean, what the name means is like a random assortment of goods and stuff, um, which I feel like I'm not trying to ascribe a higher meaning to it. You know, it's <laughs> essentially just a word that seemed to work out well for us. Yeah. But also, I mean, our style is like pretty eclectic. We all draw from a lot of different backgrounds and inspirations. Um and we're hard to pin down, so perhaps that's just like a, a cup of flour, a cup of sugar, some sencha shots, whatever. <laughs> and that's get, amazing. You'll get what we are. So, and you're, you sing, and you also play the guitar. Yes, I do. How has that been? Just like, how long have you guys been together? I've been together on and off, because uh, Leah, the drummer, is also in, she was in Cumulus for a while, and now she's in Thunder Pussy. Oh, yeah. So she has been on tour periodically. For the past five years. So we've been together for like five or six years, on and off. Travis is also an amazing adventure photographer, and he's been all over the country doing like, um, he's been, you know, taking photographs on the Bering Sea in Alaska and like mm-hmm. roping horses and like Angola prison or whatever, you know, like he's been all over the place. So on and off for the past five or six years. That's awesome. What has been the biggest learning experiences being in a group? Mostly just that, you know... It's very easy. It's more important to be friends first than like chasing a dream, and like that the the core competency of friendship with these people is much more important than sort of like our artistic like egos. So mm-hmm. I'm very grateful to them for being my friends first, and like the experience of growing and learning with these people who you love dearly is like very very invaluable to me. What was the latest project you guys put out? We did our last EP called Say So. We put it out in February. We recorded it with Barrett Jones, who's an amazing producer and a longtime friend of mine. Um, and that was the last thing we do. It was a four-song EP. I personally think it was the best work that we've done. Um, the songs are all very cohesive, and they're very dark, and they're coming. I wrote them from a very specific place, so that's the, the thing that I've been the most proud of, and it's also our most recent project. That's amazing. What was your favorite song on that EP? Um, Say So, the lead single. Uh, it's about nightmares and night terrors and i just think it's a great song and i love playing it live so yeah and speaking of playing it live you'll be playing it live this thursday yeah. at numos can you tell us about your upcoming show yeah um we're opening up for sisters which is a group a phenomenal local group that signed to tender loving empire out of portland um andrew vate and i go way back and he's putting out their sophomore, him and Emily, are putting out their sophomore EP record. I'm not sure. Um, but they're releasing it with Spirit Award on Thursday, and there's going to be a couple of DJs, and we're opening the show. Um, and it's at Numos, so come by. Copio tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's still tickets available. There's some pretty cool merch giveaways happening, so it'll be really fun. I'm so excited. I haven't seen you, well, I haven't seen Sundries perform live. I've seen you perform live. Just like upstairs. Upstairs. <laughs> so Sadie and I met at the Cloud Room, which is where I meet the majority of the people <laughs> that's been on the show. Um, but you're extremely talented. Thank you. And when I listen to you perform, it's just bone chilling. So I'm really excited <laughs> to see all of you guys, especially I know Travis and Ben. Yeah, you know and, pretty much everybody. Yeah. 
I think I've met Leah before, I'm yeah. sure. But to see you guys as a collective doing something other than your hobbies or what you work yeah. what you work in, it's gonna be amazing. So yes, everyone cop your tickets on Thursday, October whatever next Thursday is. Nineteenth? Yeah. Eight, 18th. 18th? Yeah. Okay. Something like that. Um, but I'm super excited for you. So what got you into music? Well, I've been listening to music my whole life. Um, I got a guitar. I was, my mother is very musically inclined and she, my dad is the probably, sorry, dad, the most tone deaf person <laughs> on the planet. One of them. Terrible. Love him to death. <laughs> Cannot hold a tune. Um, but my mom like tried to put us in piano lessons and, you know, Suzuki strings, whatever, for my entire life. And I hated all of it. Nothing stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I picked up a guitar when I was like 11 and for some reason free of structure that took. Um, and I started writing songs pretty much immediately after I got the guitar and then started playing other instruments and just became completely obsessed with songwriting as a craft and with uh, punk rock and jazz were the two primary drivers as a young as a young person for me. And... Yeah, and I started like picking up everything I could. I learned banjo, um, piano, and then drums and bass as well. Came. That's amazing. That's pretty fun. When you were in elementary school, did you have to do like band class? Did you have any requirements? Yeah, I mean, we had to play recorder. What? Which is is that not a thing that they do out here? No. So over here, we got to choose an instrument. And I played the trombone for five <laughs> years, and I was band president. You were president? I didn't know they had presidents of the band. What does that mean? Did you give a speech? No, I literally, so I was um, band president of my middle school. What's good, Highland? Wow. Uh, yeah, so I remember in eighth grade, I would actually lead the class. And we in would, band. Mm-hmm, before, mm-hmm. Our, you know, to practice for our concerts. I remember the hardest thing was um, we played James Bond. And... Um, <laughs> like, well, da-da-da-da. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, Playing that as a tromboner. <laughs> I, th- I think it's trombonist. <laughs> but I think tromboner works better. We're going to go with that. The Brittany the tromboner. <laughs> yes, that's me. Um, <laughs> playing that was just so hard because it's yeah. like you're hitting your highest note. But that was, like, a requirement for us in fourth and fifth oh. grade. You would actually have to sign up to either do band or orchestra. Mm. So um, that's amazing that you got to play all of those instruments. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. The New York public school system is not known for its uh, excellence in <laughs> performance art. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was pretty much like fourth grade. It was like, here's your recorder. Now we're going to learn how to play, like, the Star Spangled Banner or something yeah. like that. So, but, no, oh, I played clarinet. Okay. Wow. The only reed instrument I have ever touched. Wow. I've always wanted to play the saxophone. That's a very cool instrument. That's life goals, and I probably won't ever. I feel like you should definitely accomplish that goal. I I have a ukulele sitting in my room, and I told myself I was going to touch it this year, and I haven't. You haven't touched it at all? No. I have, what, three months left? Yeah. Yeah. I think ukulele is like the garlic bread of instruments. It's like easily accessible and like fun, but like doesn't have any depth to it. You know, it's not going to give you any nutrition. Like I, and you know what I think? Here's the thing. 
I hate that women are like assumed to be ukulele players. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, I'm like an in- interesting young lady who's interested in music, but I'm not going to learn guitar. I'm just going to u- learn ukulele, which is basically <laughs> just a simplified guitar. I'm like, come on, ladies. It's hard because I grow my nails out too. Well, that's your first problem. Yeah. Well, I got to change things up. <laughs> I'm just saying, learn learn guitar. Okay. Then you can learn. But ukulele. you have to understand, like, I'm an aspiring hand model. <laughs> like, let's talk about that for just two seconds. I am an aspiring hand model since I was in the fifth grade. I've gotten a couple gigs. I have one next Friday. Wow. I really believe my hands are beautiful. It's you the only asset hands. I have. I've always thought that about you. I actually um, called a modeling agency. <laughs> I called a modeling agency in Seattle, and I was like, <clears throat> hi, um, are you guys hiring hand models? They're like, yeah, who are you representing? Who's your client? I said, myself. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, so, oh, well, we have open casting calls from 2.30 to 4, Monday through Friday, um, but you have to have the whole package. I said, what's the whole package? <laughs> They're like, 5'8 mm, or or taller, um, something, something pounds, and like, Okay, bye, guys. Like, I. What does it have to do with your hands? Exactly. Who cares if your like, hands are don't attached they, to 5'8? Why don't they hire people specifically for body parts? I don't know. I have no idea. That's I'm weird. trying to make money off these hands before they get wrinkly. Well, you should insure them first. <sighs> the struggle is real. I cannot imagine having stubby, scarred, <laughs> fucked up hands myself. I just look at yours and I'm like, wow, that must be nice to live a life <laughs> of the hand model. <laughs> so um, you've learned all these instruments. Then you started songwriting? Yeah, sure. I don't remember the chronology specifically. Who's your favorite or who's like your musical inspiration? Hmm. Nate Dogg. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, rest, rest in peace. peace. <laughs> I'm not, wow. I'm, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> Um, I would have to say, hmm, I really loved the two most influential records on my songwriting have been The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill Mm. and then, um, The Distillers, uh, Sing Sing Death House, uh, were just like, Brody Dell was my idol when I was a kid. Like, I loved her. I wanted to make out with her. I wanted to be her. I wanted her to be my mom. I wanted, like, all three of those things in one freaky package. <laughs> so, yeah. I would say that she was probably my biggest inspiration because I was into punk rock when I was a little kid. So I had, mm-hmm. like, pink hair and, like, I safety pinned my nose. And I oh, was like, oh, my goodness. Screw you, upstate New York. I'm here. I'm queer. I wear flannels. <laughs> Ouch, safety pinning your nose. Yeah. I mean, whatever. It was a face. Did you do it with, like, a, with a potato? No, I did it with a safety pin. No, I mean, like, this <laughs> isn't, like, the potato the back end or something? No, I don't. I mean, I don't really remember. Whatever. We don't have to get into it. <laughs> there was a safety pin involved with some body part. It was. Well, I mean, you're still put together. Somewhat. Your, your nose didn't fall off. Still here. Still there. <laughs> Highly functioning nose. <laughs> <laughs> so you also have... Other than sundries, you also are a solo artist. Mm-hmm. What has that experience been like for you? As a solo artist? Mm-hmm. What do you mean? So, I guess, what's been your most, what's been your best experience on stage as a solo artist? Hmm. Well, you know, 
I played the Fremont Abbey round a couple last year, which is a night where they do three songwriters and they bring them to the Abbey in Fremont, which is a gorgeous old church. It's a phenomenal sounding room. Um, and then each artist gets to do like three songs and they encourage collaboration. And it's really tough as a solo singer songwriter to find rooms where people like shut the fuck up mm-hmm. and listen to you play. And the couple of times that that's actually happened has been really, really magical. Um, because it's hard to sit in a room and like listen to somebody, a one person play guitar. Like you have to show the fuck up as a performer to make that feel real for people. Um, and it was just a great night. And like everyone, I met like uh, the Lonely Mountain Lovers who are a great duo. Um, played with a guy from the Maldives, Jason, I think is his name. Um, it was just a really, really good night. Everyone was attuned. Everyone was in sync. I'd had half a bottle of gin, so I was feeling really good. <laughs> it was kind of rainy outside. It was like a good atmosphere for that kind of thing. Do you ever get stage fright? No. No, I never get stage fright, but I tend to eat a lot of really spicy food before I go on stage. <laughs> and just like, I'm like just burping spicy food the entire time. Like, it's like I get like nervous burps. Oh, I feel like that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> I'm sorry for all the extra noise. (laughs) Well, I guess we might as well just dive in. So we're going to go into the music portion of you just giving a little sample of your music. And then... Just um, Hava Nagila on repeat. Yeah. some Fiddler on the Roof. Absolutely. Okay. So we'll do that. And then we have a fun little um, Oreo tasting (laughs) to do after. And then I have some more questions for you. So... Cool. Take it away. What are you What are you playing for us? You know, I don't know. And we're going to have to check levels of this thing. So excuse me. That was my guitar. Um, what would you like to hear, Brittany? What you, vibe would you like to hear? Got you a know, lot of vibes. I'm low key. So my abbreviated Stairway to Heaven. Sure. Okay. <clears throat> Can I'm, we do that for the podcast? No, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, you're doing an original. Yeah. No. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, um, she can only play 16 seconds of this. Yeah. Um. Copyright. Shout out Universal Studios. Um, is there a time? Give me some parameters here. Do what you feel. Okay. It's it's all about you. I hate that. But it's okay. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to do a song. It's called Slow Motion. <sighs> My voice can do it. Tied, but 
don't get scared it's yours if you want it can we take it in slow motion love me in slow motion i want to touch it in slow motion oh 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. can we take it in slow motion with you <laughs> that was beautiful thank you your voice is so unique it's just like mm, just soothing that means a lot like I could fall asleep and I could just Good. vibe out like it's so it's so soft you're well, incredible be, well thank you it can be a lot louder at the Sunders show it's gonna be a lot of like loud guitars screaming no i'm excited this is so intimate and perfect yeah. like this is amazing i'm <laughs> freaking out right now Thanks for me. so um you guys like what follow sadie like she's incredible <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect thanks so we're just gonna take a little twist on the show and dive into something really fun um we're gonna try the mystery oreo whoa so I've mentioned in my show in the past, Nick, who's part of Cold Can's podcast, who's also my um, sound engineer, he is an Oreo connoisseur. So I've heard. And, um, you know, there's Oreo flavors coming out every single day. I was on Facebook <clears throat> and I saw that there was a mystery Oreo and I tried to tag Nick. I typed in Nicholas, Nick, <laughs> Nico, couldn't find him. And then I found out he deactivated his Facebook because I was like, oh, my gosh, Nick, there's a mystery Oreo. You need to try this flavor. Little did I know he had already tried it. Whoa. So we're going to try it together. And we also have another guest, my girlfriend, Cindy. Hey, girl. Hey. (laughs) Hola. We're going to try 
We're going to try the Oreos, and we're just going to find out what flavor this is, or what we think it is. Is I have a question before we undertake this endeavor. Yeah. Is it like a flavor that we would be able to recognize? I have no idea. Literally, the packaging says mystery Oreo. But it's not like, is it going to be like licorice candy cane, or is I it going to be like peanut butter? I don't know. If, I don't think it's going to be like those Harry Potter nasty flavors. That's what I was thinking. No, I don't think they would do that to us. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, what, smell what? it. I can smell it already, and I know. Oh my gosh, it's Fruit Loops. Uh, They're all it smells Fruit like Loops? formaldehyde to me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Cindy? They all smell like Fruit Loops. It's, it's gonna definitely taste like Fruit Loops. Fruit, Fruit Loops or Applejack? Here's the thing. Yeah. Is Fruit Loops a flavor because there are multiple Fruit Loops that make up the Fruit Loops? Honestly, I think it's Apple Jacks. Oh, okay. Right. So we clearly think it smells like cereal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, we're taking it apart. How far away from this microphone do I have to be before it stops picking up me chewing? I think right where you are is really good. Okay. Okay. Mazel. <laughs> Mazel. I hate the sound of us right now. <laughs> I don't like this. I like it. This is nasty. What the hell? <laughs> this is good. So do you think everything with milk is good? It does taste good to me. But, okay, so a whole box, is that all a mis- the same mystery flavor? Okay. Engineer Nick, Nick, Nick says yes. yes. <laughs> this sucks. What do you think it is? Okay. This is trash. It's still it's like Fruit Loops or Apple Jacks. No, I'm going to say like, I'm going to say lemon. Oh, you're right. Mm-mm. I saw sour enough. That's why it's Fruit Loops. <laughs> is that like even a flavor though? This is terrible. I would still say lemon. I'm going to go to the Okay, microphone. so Sadie says lemon. Cindy says. I say uh, Fruit Loops. That's a stupid answer. <laughs> I on, say Cindy. Fruit Loops as well. <laughs> think outside the box. <laughs> Are you able to tell us the answer, Nick? Or does Oreo has Oreo posted anything? No. What? It's a contest. Who can guess it right? Are you serious? It's a contest. Who can get... Okay, so everyone's gonna say Fruit Loops. I don't think so. <gasps> no. So it can't be correction. Fruit Loops, it's then. not gonna be Fruit Loops. It's gonna be Fruit Loops cereal milk. Wow, that my friends is vision. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Contest? If I win, what's the prize? A lifetime supply of mystery orders. What? Really? What? Yeah. You know how many podcast episodes that could fund? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) That could help pay for my move. There you go. Wherever I go when I become famous. (laughs) Um, Um, I couldn't even eat the whole Oreo. You said Fruit Loops. It's Fruit Loops cereal milk. Like, actually. Like, all I can picture is the freaking toucan in my head. (laughs) It's probably, like, four different things, and that's why... Like, who's going to give 100 grand to 50,000 people that are going to say Fruit Loops? <laughs> okay, Fruit Loops, Jack. Unless what you is it? Apple Jack. Split it. Oh. Good oh. point, Cindy. This is a terrible combination, Jameson, <laughs> Ginger Ale, and Fruit Loops. <laughs> Not just Fruit Loops, but Fruit Loops Oreo cream. Milk. Yep. It's nasty. Terrible. Cindy, you lose. Cindy, thank you so much for participating in this taste test. We really appreciate you being on the show. Invaluable contribution. Oh, thanks, y'all. You good, girl. (laughs) Okay, back to the seriousness of this show. You have quite a story 
behind your family's history. That's true. Can you tell me about your grandma? I'm assuming you mean my dad's mom. Yes. Yes. Um, what would you like to know about her? Just tell, I mean, you've told me a little bit, but yeah. can you tell our listeners okay. wh- where you come from? That's Okay. So my grandmother is, uh, it's a, it's quite the story, but my grandmother is a Holocaust survivor who came to this country via the kinder transport when she was nine years old, um, landed in New York City, had like, didn't even speak the language, was put in foster care through the Red Cross. Half of her family were killed in the Holocaust. Um, a couple of them escaped and landed in New York mostly. Uh, my great great aunt, my great aunt traveled through Japan actually to get to New York. Um, and then when she was here, she became a civil rights activist, a labor activist. Um, she got it's I'll, all right. I'll go. Th- she got artificially inseminated by three separate donors in the '60s. <laughs> so my dad's. A uh, whole childhood, he thought that his siblings were his real siblings. It turns out that they're not. They discovered this at fi- when they were like in their fifties. My dad's dad isn't his real dad. My dad was raised by my current grandfather, George Richardson, who is was the first Black Assemblyman of New York or of New Jersey. Uh, they met on the picket line, protesting ho- housing inequality when they were both young. Um, and his whole family are uh, American. Muslim, um, like, separatists who were, like, amazing. Um, And we didn't really have a lot of contact with them. But basically, they're, like, the coolest couple ever. They've been together for, like, 50 years. That's beautiful. Yeah, and now he's the only grandfather that I've known, and now they're both, like, very, very old, and they live in the same, like, public housing project that they've lived in in, like, upper Manhattan. And they're still, like, getting each other out of bed in the middle of the night to go, like, write pamphlets to their senators about, like, discrimination (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're the shit um so that's them and you know i'm going back out i try to get back there like once a year twice a year to see them because they're they're getting pretty old but they're like the coolest people like she would just take us out for pizza and like talk about the stonewall riots because she used to live in an apartment above bleaker street which is where that stonewall happened you know like the gay club that was kind of the beginning of the gay rights movement and she would talk about seeing like the lesbians spill out to the street late at night and like getting into fights over like who got to take home the cutest girl or whatever and like (laughs) they're and like she was a huge pot smoker and he's like an ex-heroin addict and they were like they're just like the coolest people ever wow yeah you have quite the set of grandparents (laughs) i really do (laughs) really phenomenal what has that taught you just about life in general well i mean just like the the idea that like the struggle for equality and like justice is like not something that you can just dip into, but it's like a lifelong thing mm-hmm. and that you can really meet and like be connected over values beyond just like, oh, this person is like cool and I like them and we have like similar politics. But like the idea that this is a uniting force between your whole life, you mm-hmm. know, is really, really powerful. Yeah. And, you know, I mean. We just had, you know, my little brother and I just grew up knowing that, like, the world was, like, a big place with a lot of shit in it. Like, my grandfather is, like, his his dad escaped Georgia. You know, he's, like, descendant from, like, slaves. And then my grandmother is, like, 
just like escaped as a Holocaust refugee. Yeah. And now they're just living their lives and like that's what they were able to do together. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah. And to, you know, carry on that mindset, to carry on their inspiration and to still have them around is beautiful. Yeah. Um, growing up in New York, because you, you grew up in New York and then you came to Seattle. Yep. What was that like for you? Well, I moved out here when I was, I moved out here three days before my, or on the night of my 17th birthday. Um, I dropped out of high school. I moved out here with my mom, moved out here a month beforehand with her boyfriend. And then I moved out here a month later with no plan to do anything. I was supposed to be graduating from high school, but like no one was, I had no idea how that was going to happen. Um, we like slept on her friend's floor for a little bit. She found a houseboat. We moved into the houseboat on Bainbridge Island. I slept on the floor of the houseboat for a couple of days. It was horrible, um, but also like kind of cool and adventurous. And then I, I was, I had a girlfriend at the time that I'd chased all around the country. Um, and then, so I moved down to Portland for a little bit and was just bounced around between Portland and Seattle and got a job and ended up going, finishing up my high school degree, um, at the, this alternative high school program or something like that. Um, so it was just weird. It was a weird transition. There was not a lot of structure to it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd come out here because I wanted to play music and I had, there was a lot of, I didn't have like a stable structure back home. Um, and my mom is from here. So it was like, we just got to get back out West. I don't care how it happens. Yeah. So it was kind of like, I was given this opportunity to come play music out here and we just kind of dived in feet first. And then we've been slowly making our way out since. Like, we were extremely, extremely poor. Um, like, you know, busking on the street to afford enough money to, like, get some spinach. And then, like, I used food banks a lot. Um, so, shout out to the food banks. Try to still, like, I was trying to volunteer there for a while to give back to that. But it's just been a long road, you know? It's And now we're here, and it's six years in, we've got like a really fucking great life but it was not easy at first you know yeah. and I think if you would talk to my mother she would say the same thing um so yeah <laughs> I'm sorry we're still like burping in the process of this interview I really apologize um that's wow and you know to to have not graduated from college or from high school and then you went to UW I did huskies Go dogs. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then now you're like in the process of applying to get your master's. I would like to do that. We'll see what happens. You will. Well. You will. The GRE is stupid. But yeah. You we'll will. see what happens. I mean, unless like your music career like skyrockets because you're <laughs> incredible. Um, what has that been like, you know, to have dropped out of high school to now being in the process of like applying for your master's? I don't have any, like, solid grasp on the timeline. Like, everything just feels like it just went by like that. So mm -hmm. I really loved going to school. I love academics. I love researching. I love studying. I'm, like, a huge nerd about everything. You're so smart. <laughs> You're you. so smart. I just like to read a lot. That's really just what it comes down to. What did you graduate from at UW? I got my degree in GIS and a minor in philosophy. So... Killing it. Extremely useful degrees. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite book? 
My favorite book. Hmm. Well, I really love Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> but my favorite book. That's a really tough question. Um, I feel like I, this book called Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. It's like a huge opus about magicians in 18th century England. And it's very, very detailed and very, very long, but it's a wonderful book. And you can get lost in it very easily if you want to, like, read a fuckload of... <laughs> but it's really, really good. Wow. Yeah. So going have, going through what you've gone through in New York and then going with you, what you've gone through in Seattle, what would you tell your younger self? Being here now in this place where, you know, you have an established name for yourself in music and with your band and you're, you know, ready to take on a new chapter of your life, what would you tell yourself say when you were 16 I would give myself the advice that my 11th grade 10th grade English teacher gave me when I was like I'm gonna move because like I was a kid in class who was like show up smell like cigarettes like reek you know I was just like the punk rock kid who didn't give a fuck at this private school that I went to for a year and he told me beware of the zeitgeist and I wish I had listened to him because had I the like not followed what other people were prescribing me like as alternative as my path has been as opposed to like this this is what you do you know you go to high school you graduate you get a job whatever um listening to what other people told me that I should be doing creatively as opposed to just knowing who I was as a person whether that was as like a, a queer person or a woman or just like a human being who like gave a fuck about stuff like I would tell my younger self to like listen to that more so than listening to like the people in your life who are supposed to be shaping you. And I think that's as a as a young woman, a uh, creative young woman, like a teen, that mm-hmm. is like really, really important because people will just put your their own shit on you and tell you what you should be doing and you should not listen to any of them. How has being queer been a part of your life in a way of like interactions with other people or just like your own journey for yourself? I mean, I'm really gay, and I have known that my entire life. Um, But I think it's, like, one of the best parts about myself. Like, it's so... To, like, know that so strongly and to be... And to have queerness in general as, like, an avenue for expert... Like, self-exploration and, like, a critique on society and everything has been really, really cool. Um, And I love it. Like, I love what being queer has allowed me to create in terms of the music that I make and the community that I have so I wouldn't trade it for the world yeah I'm sorry I can't make it to salsa night <laughs> I know you invited me I'm, I'm just like come on it's really fun I, know, really I, nice. I promise you I'm gonna go to one I just like after vacation after vacation yeah after for vacation, sure I'm trying to just lay low I totally feel that I well, they'll they happen every month. So. Oh, perfect. I'll be there yeah. next month for sure, without a doubt. <laughs> no, I think you're abs- like your way. When I, you know, when I met you, I was very like intimidated because you're just so cool. <laughs> and That's then weird. you know, I've gotten to know you, and you're just such an open human being. You're just so accepting. You're so funny, um, and you're funny. Like I said in the beginning of the show, you're funny when you don't even know it. Like just the other day, you you showed me a picture of a guy, and you're like. It's a snack. And I was like, wait, Sadie knows that? Like, I participate in pop culture, okay? I love YouTube. Exactly. I'm a big 21 Savage fan. Like, <laughs> Exactly. Like, that's why I was like, wait, that came out of left field. So, 
I mean, you're just, um, you're just so inspiring. And I think, you know, what you're doing just as a human being, and there's so much stuff that's going on in the world, right? True. Being your truest self is what's going to pay off, you know, like you could easily fall into whatever society is trying to mold you in. But as long as you stand true, you got it going for yourself and people are going to see that. Uh, yeah, you know, I, that's that's advice that anybody can take no matter what what they're at. And it's cheesy, you know, people say that all the time. But it's mm-hmm. real. It's real. Um what what do you see yourself in or what are your plans for your future other than getting hopefully getting into, you know, your master's program? Do you see yourself still continuing music? Is that always going to be a part of your life? Yeah. Yeah, I just, I can tell you what I don't want to be. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be, well, maybe I do want to be this. I'm not really sure. But you know when you go to karaoke? I love karaoke. Yeah, and you're a karaoke, <laughs> and you're probably not in like a, a, a city, but you're a karaoke in some bar. Like, let's say like you're you're in Linwood mm-hmm. or Everett or, you know, wherever it is. And there's like that one person who has like the phenomenal <laughs> voice. voice and the stage presence and they love it and they're going to do like Celine Dion or like Whitney Houston and they get up and they crush it and everybody's like what the fuck and that's just what they do like I, I do not want to be that you know like I don't want care I don't want Thursday night karaoke to be my one outlet for like singing so I would like to be still performing in whatever capacity. Absolutely. Yeah. Although those people are great and no, they bring great. joy. But I just, I look at them and I'm like, man, I bet you really want to be somewhere else besides this like karaoke bar, you know? No, for so. sure. <laughs> I feel it. Well, I just want to thank you so much for being on the show. Um, thank you for having me. I think, you know, your talents are going to get you very far in life who you are as a human being is going to get you far in life and I think the things that your family has been through the things that you have been through in life has really kept you humble and um you're definitely a role model to me and those around you that means a lot (laughs) I mean we're like it's so fun to to work with you and I know we've worked on a couple food stuff together so it's just it's Sadie makes really good sausage (laughs) She makes really good warm potato salad. Sausage party of one over here. <laughs> um, where can people follow you on Instagram? And where can they follow like the sundries and all yeah, of that? So my band, Sundries, uh, it's just Sundries Music. Uh, hashtag, wait, at. That's what the kids call it. At Sundries Music um, on Instagram. My handle is uh, String of Pearls with a Z. And then, you know, if you look up, you can look us up online. You can Google Sundries Music Seattle Band. Very important because there's another Sundries in New Jersey. That's a classic rock cover band. We are not them. No. No. We would never be them. And how do you spell Sundries? S-U-N-D-R-I-E-S. Cool. Go follow. Cop your ticket. <laughs> yeah. um, we'll see you on Thursday. Come. You're amazing. Thanks, Brittany. I'm so glad you're on the show. Thanks for having me. This is this has been great. Yes. Thanks to Cindy for Thanks the help Cindy. with the Oreo review. Oreo reviews. Um, <laughs> when the when the flavor is announced, we'll like we'll share it with the world. <laughs> Maybe next time we'll have the sundries in the stew. In the meantime, this is gross. In the meantime, this is Brittany, Sadie, Ava, Cindy as a guest. <laughs> And you're listening to Citrus Room. This podcast session was recorded here at the Overcast. Oh, I just burped again. (laughs) This podcast session was recorded at the Overcast Room here at Cloud Studios. (laughs)